Welcome to episode 38 of the Walshy Naps podcast. I'm Abby Glassenberg. Today we're talking about craft conferences with my guests, Delilah Snell and Nicole Stevenson. Delilah and Nicole are the co-organizers of Patchwork Show and Craftcation conferences. Delilah Snell has had a variety of creative jobs. She's owned a retail store, been a teacher of food preservation, owned a food business and consulted with food businesses, and she now consults for weddings and events with her business, Awesome Day Productions. Delilah Snell, welcome. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, I'm excited. (laughs) Nicole Stevenson is a writer, illustrator, maker, teacher, and creative business consultant. She's also held a variety of creative jobs, including time as a street artist on the Venice Beach Boardwalk, costume designer in Hollywood, DIY workshop instructor, co-founder of a nonprofit that produced art shows benefiting charities, owner and designer of Random Nicole, an art-inspired clothing line carried at over 250 locations, and owner of a craft workshop studio and retail store, The Craft Kitchen. She has a bachelor's degree and master's degree in creative writing and is currently working on a nonfiction book about her crafty adventures. Nicole can be found creating illustrations and designs for Show and Tell Design Studio. Nicole Stevenson, welcome. Thanks, Abby. I'm super excited to be here. Yeah, thanks to both of you guys. So, Nicole, you are Delilah's niece, is that right? Yes. Okay, so how does that work? (laughs) Who's related to whom here? That might need to be a completely separate podcast. (laughs) And we'll need that one to be video because there are charts that go along with it. But (laughs) the short version is that uh, my grandfather is Delilah's father. So, um, and that's the the very, very short version. Okay, so so did you guys play together when you were kids? Oh, yeah. Totally. <laughs> yeah, we grew up, I think, more more like sisters that didn't live in the same house, you know, than like it definitely wasn't an aunt and niece relationship since we're only six months apart in age. Yeah, we played together all the time. <laughs> we're both only children. So, um, yeah, I mean, it was really just we were the only people we knew that around the same age at family functions. So we were just always really close. And one of our things that we love to do together, right, Nicole, is um, we used to dream up our, our favorite business that we would have together when we grew up. <laughs> yes. Uh, and that would be what we would do. I mean, we lived, you know, 20 minutes away from each other and obviously weren't driving when we were eight years old. So we were just kind of at the, um, you know, at the mercy of our families of when they would let us, you know, get together. So family functions, we'd be hanging hanging out you know, in the corner somewhere talking about our future business plan, um, which was a coffee house slash art gallery slash what else was it? Delilah. Oh, it was also a house. The coffee house was on the first floor and we would live on the second floor of <laughs> the coffee house. Yeah. And it was called uh, Auntie Nisi's Waterfall was the name <laughs> of the coffee house, which wow. does not, has it, does, we haven't started that yet, but you know, we did start patchwork and craft together. So <laughs> that's so awesome. I love that history. So, so how, tell me the story all those years later, how did you actually become business partners? I mean, you, you pursued sort of separate, you know, careers and things, but so where was the moment where you were like, Oh, you want to actually do a business together? Oh gosh. It, it didn't, it just happened really organically. Uh, Nicole, um, 
moved to Orange County and we were living in the same house. So we had that part of the, the business plan together. Um, and she had just done a show, um, in Orange County that probably didn't go as well as she had planned. A craft show was what yeah. kind of show it was. A craft show, a, yeah. Yeah. And so we were, we were drinking wine in the back, in the backyard and we were talking about the show and. Yeah, we were drinking wine in the backyard. <laughs> and I, was kind of complaining because before that, before I moved, I grew up in Orange County and then I moved to San Francisco and then I moved to LA and Hollywood and then I moved back to Orange County and whenever I ne- wanted to do a craft show, I had to drive to LA or San Francisco or even San Diego. There were shows down there. So I was kind of complaining to Delilah about how excited I was for this first craft show in Orange County and it didn't go very well. Um, and what a bummer it is because there, there were so many other makers at this show that were kind of like, oh, you know, like they finally thought they had something in their community and then it, it just kind of petered out. And then I also had been doing craft shows for eight years or something. So I felt like I had, I kind of knew something about what was done right and what wasn't, you know, since I was a vendor at hundreds and hundreds of craft shows ranging from like me setting up in someone's living room to, you know, a trade, a trade show or, you know, every kind of different scale of, um, of events. So Delilah and I were talking and we knew people who are talented in the air. Like we got to do something about this. Yeah. And Delilah, Delilah had was such a part of the, of the community. We started our first show in Santa Ana and she, you know, started a farmer, you know, was part of a group that started a farmer's market there and, you know, is buddy buddies with all the police officers are like, Hey, Delilah, what's up? You know, <laughs> she just, you know, w- goes and does what people in communities normally don't do, which is sit in on town hall meetings, you know, and like go to, go to city, you know, whenever cities have their meetings and stuff and just really involved in the community. And then I knew a lot of makers and crafters and artists from, you know, my eight years of vending a lot of them did li- did live in LA, but there were some that I was starting to meet in Orange County, and we were just like, let's put on our own craft show, you know. And that was kind of how it happened. Yeah, and and first we were thinking, where are we where where are we going to do this? And I'm like, I have a parking lot in the back of my store, even though it wasn't my parking lot. But I'm like, hey, it's a space, so we just did it, and it turned out. I mean, we we were so nervous. I don't think we slept for like two days leading up to the show, and. We you know, didn't. We had 20, yeah, yeah. We, we, I think we had twenty vendors and about five hundred people showed up. Wow! And we're like, and people were constantly that whole day. When's the next one? When's the next one? I'm like, okay, I guess we're gonna do shows. So <laughs> Just took tell off from me, there. tell me about the difference between the sad craft show, Nicole, that you attended, where everyone who was vending was sort of like, oh gosh, you know, um, and to this new show that you invented, Patchwork Show. Like, what what makes a good show curation. So, um, you know, having a jury in place to review the applicants instead of it being just, Oh, send in your 25 bucks and you're in. So that the whole show has, you know, an aesthetic and a branding, um, which I think is important. And then also, I mean, at that particular show, there just, there, there weren't enough guests that came, you Mm -hmm. know, so I always say that part of a, you know, part of a vendor's, you know, 
it's the producers and the vendors that get people to come to the craft shows. But then once the people are there, the producers can't make people buy anything. That's the vendor's job. Then the vendor has to turn into a salesperson. But there wasn't even an opportunity for me to interact with customers because there were so few people there. Um, and the, you know, I didn't, there wasn't really like a presence from the organizers. You know, Delilah and I try to walk around at our shows and, you know, make sure people know who we are, you know, Hey, I'm Nicole, I'm Delilah. I'm the co-producer of this, you know, thank you for being here. Um, and just really try to show our gratitude to these, to our vendors, because without them, we wouldn't have our show. Right. Um, and one of the differences between not that particular show, but other shows that I did that um, was something that I wanted to be different when Delilah and I started ours was price. So a lot of the shows that I did, there was one particular show in San Diego that was, I mean, it was my best show. I And my little group of makers were just like, yeah, we can't wait to do this show. We looked forward to it and we used to do really well. And then they kept raising their price and raising their price and raising their price which everybody has to raise their price, you know, like five, 10 bucks, 15 bucks, but I'm talking, you know, 50 to a hundred dollars each show, you know? So like in a year it would be, you know, it would go from $200 for the show by the end of the year would be $400, you know, and you're getting the same thing. And so smaller people got priced out, you know, and we couldn't afford, we couldn't afford to do it anymore. So they just started letting, you know, people that, they let anybody in basically yeah. they getting enough people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So even though, you know, Delilah and I do raise our prices, we do it very incrementally and it's always, you know, really well thought out and for a reason. And it's, I don't think we've ever raised, raised our prices more than, you know, $10 between shows, you know, so if it was, you know, 140 in the spring, it might be 150 in the fall. And we don't just do it arbitrarily. We do it when, you know, a cost of ours goes up and we need that covered. Right. It sounds like getting the right mix of vendors there is really what it's all about because that's the content that you have to offer. So, um, having the right price to attract, you know, enough vendors who are a little bit smaller, a little, you know, sort of starting out, but still, you know, keeping it juried. And so you've got a selection there that people really enjoy, enjoy buying from and look forward to buying from again in the future. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I can see that being so true. And what were you selling, Nicole, all those years that you were vending? Um, I started out selling paintings, so my artwork. And uh, that was when I started on the Venice Beach Boardwalk. And then I did paintings and put them on purses. So I started doing some purses and accessories. And then where it ended up, you know, 10 years later was that I was mostly doing clothing. And it was, um, you know, T-shirts and skirts and whatever, hoodies, screen printed with I would do drawings and then turn them into screens, screen print them, and then do appliques on all of them so that they were all one of a kind. Okay. So that was the random Nicole line. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. All right. And so now, um, so that was a couple of years ago when, when Patchwork Show started. So what does Patchwork Show look like now, now that it's sort of matured a little bit? Well, we're definitely a lot more official. When we first, when we started our first show, we didn't uh, <laughs> tell anybody that needed to know that we were doing this show, aka the city and health department. And now that is a very big, that's a very big part of what we do now. And it was funny. I think it was maybe a year or two years after we started. I finally got a call from one of these cops that I know, and he's just like Delilah. We, I'm getting too many faxes. You have to be, you have to file for a permit. I'm like, okay, I guess we're an official show now. So there is a lot more paperwork and we have a lot more locations. We have, um, 
Long Beach. And a few years ago, we started a show in Oakland at Jack London Square. And now we have, I think our our show coming up on the 30th is in Santa Ana has about 200 and something vendors now. So we went from 20 to 200 plus. And that seems to be up around 150 to 200 now per show. Okay. So we've definitely grown. So you guys are sort of pros now. I mean, you've got multiple shows going. They're growing in size. So tell me, like, what what was something that can get? What's something that can really go wrong when you're planning a craft show? Because you know, <laughs> I'm sure there are these moments of high stress where you're just like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this is happening. So tell me one of those stories. Oh, just this is a recent thing that just happened. We've we've been doing our Long Beach show for I don't know four or five years. And we've always been in the same location. And usually a couple weeks after we have our, our event there, we put in a, a reservation for the date for the next show, which we did. And I guess the city double booked our space and didn't tell us until four weeks before the event when we had already had spent thousands of dollars on printing material that had already been spent. It's actually being sent to my house when we're being told we can't use our location. So we either need to move our show and basically lose five, $6,000 in marketing material or um, set or change our date, which we couldn't do. Or, I mean, we were freaking out. And weren't we on a, on a comp? We were at a conference or we were on a business trip when this happened too, weren't we, Nicole? We were, yeah, we were in Portland going to another conference, driving up there <laughs> and we were driving, starting our 13, 13 hour drive. I don't know what where we were, <laughs> but Delilah was looking at her email and I'm driving and she goes, Oh no. Oh, oh no. Oh no. And I'm like, do I even want to know what this says? And she's like, no, no. And then the phone call started. So we were, you know, she turned my car, my station wagon into an office <laughs> and was just, you know, making, making phone calls, you know, text, all, all this stuff. And location, location is one of the things that's Delilah's job. Like, cause we, we have separate, separate jobs with all of our events. Like, and since that was, you know, her job, I was there to support her, but I was like, I don't know how to explain it. You know, like she, it was her thing that she was in charge of and she was telling me to calm down. You know, <laughs> So I was like, okay. She's like, don't worry. I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to get this handled. And because so many things have gone wrong in the eight years we've been doing stuff and you know, if it's something that's on Delilah's side, you know, she, she fixes it. She always fixes it. It finally is getting, it's only took me eight years to learn that when she says, don't worry, it's going to be okay. I'm like, I'm like, okay, it's going to be okay. <laughs> so were you, know? you able to get the other thing that was booked there moved? No, it, no. Was, it was actually the university that was using it. And I guess when they filed for their permit, it came from two different departments. Oh, So it's, they didn't know until much later, which is why we got kicked out. But we had yeah, we've been doing our show there for a long time. We get a lot of people, but we when we come up against the university, right. we're going to lose. So um, we were very, very lucky that there was a park on the other side. We're right next to a bridge. On the other side of this very short bridge, there was a large park. Okay. Granted, we've never done an event on the grass before. We've never measured on the grass. There were a whole bunch of trees that we had to navigate around, but we figured it out. And it actually ended up turning... It, I would say we're probably going to keep our show there now. It, it actually created a better environment, but 
you know, it would have been nice to give, have more time to figure this yeah. out. Of, it's funny you, though, how sometimes those things become a mixed blessing and you're like, oh, yeah, that had never happened to us. We wouldn't have realized that we could do this outside across the way and it would be really nice. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I've planned enough events in my life to know that there's always these moments where you're like, oh my God, I can't believe this is happening. Yeah. Um, for sure. So, Okay, so that is one of the two shows you produce. The other show you produce is Craftcation, which is a craft business conference. And from what I understand, this idea for this conference was conceived also on a road trip. Um, <laughs> you were, I think, on your way to meet with the town of Ventura about something else, but then came up with this idea and presented it to them instead. Am I telling that story right? Correct. Yeah. So yeah, tell me how it happened. Delilah, you told us. <laughs> so, so it was the day after Carmageddon. Anybody who lives in California remembers this. I guess a portion of the 405 freeway was going to be shut down for the weekend. And basically all of Southern California freaked out and nobody drove their car for the whole weekend. So people thought, you know, it's just going to be massive traffic everywhere. And the day after, every car was on the road. And what was a two, supposed to be a two hour trip to Ventura, turned into a five-hour car trip to Ventura because there was so much traffic. And, you know, for us, that was actually a good thing. Every time we were together, we just feed off of each other and brainstorm. And the city of Ventura brought us up there to talk about patchwork. They wanted a craft festival there, and they had been, you know, courting us for a year and a half when we finally took the drive on the worst day ever. And as we're driving up there, we're just talking about um, things that our vendors needed. And... Typically before our show season, we have a vendor mixer to kind of, you know, get them ready and excited and answer questions. And usually we'll do a presentation on PR or marketing or something like that. And it's such a good idea, by the way. Yeah, it, it really gets the, the vendors together. And especially people who are just starting to do shows, it gives them a sense of community because it's so hard to connect while you're at the show because you're busy working. Right. So what would end up happening at these mixers, you know, people start raising their hands. They're like, what sales tax? How do I charge a credit card? I mean, these very basic business questions. And we, it would turn into a, an hour-long discussion of business 101. And Nicole and I were talking about these issues that, that vendors are having and these questions that they constantly ask. And, you know, wouldn't it be great to kind of do something for them where it's just a weekend of learning and exchanging business skills? And, you know, there's only so much information you can trade while, while working. You know, really just dedicate a certain amount of time to doing this. And Nicole had talked about um, wanting to do a retreat where you can craft and, um, you know, learn from makers and kind of, you know, have like a little retreat where you kind of get the creative juices flowing again. Cause I, I know a lot of makers and we have this ourselves, but you know, you kind of burn out a little bit when I mean, you're making the same thing over and over again. And sometimes it's good to try another discipline just, you know, to give you new ideas and spark the imagination and get the creative juices flowing. So we're sitting in this car and talking about this craft experience, this craft retreat, and then business advice. And Nicole's, Nicole said, um, I want to have a craftcation, like a craft vacation. And we just started talking about ideas. I'm, I'm writing as she's driving. And we had a one-page set of ideas. And we met with the city of Ventura. And it's at the end of our meeting, where the whole time they're talking about Patchwork Show, we sat down with them. We're like, listen. I, we totally understand that you want patchwork here, and but Ventura is very much a kind of a destination, cute little artsy getaway place, and we have a better idea. We want people to stay here for four days, 
and we'd love the city to sponsor this. And we think you get a lot more out of this than a craft festival. And there, he was kind of, the gentleman we were talking to is a little, you know, really, well, he wasn't even expecting this. It was out of left field. And I was like, okay, well, I'll just, I'll take it to the city and see what we can do. But are you sure you don't want to do a patchwork show here? And we're like, yeah, I think we, this is what we want to do. This, we felt, we felt really strongly about this. And it was just so quick and organic. And a month later, we get a call from him saying, okay, we'll, we'll host your conference and we'll give you the keys to city hall so you can host your workshops here. And, you know, when, when do you want to start? And Nicole and I are basically looking at each other like, okay, I think we need to start a conference now. <laughs> I, I love the story because I feel like it, it's so many good things about it. Like you're listening to what people are saying, you know, I mean, you're bombarded with questions. You're having this mixer and here are all of your vendors and, you know, you might assume, oh, they already know about all of these different sort of business concepts and ideas and have that all perfected. But of course, nobody has all of those things perfected and everybody wants to learn and, you know, make their business stronger and more profitable and just have a smoother, you know, situation. So, um, so there's, they're asking and you can see there's a demand for this and you listen mm-hmm. to that demand, you know, and then combine it with, creativity and making and knowing that those same people could also benefit from trying their hand at something new and, you know, having some sort of relaxation time and, and, and making something different from what they're typically making. And then also the guts to just say to the people you're meeting with, we have a totally different idea <laughs> and we think it would benefit you as well as, you know, the people for whom it will serve and, you know, sort of, I mean, that takes some guts too, to, to sort of present them with something that you literally just came up with. Yeah. While sitting in traffic <laughs> on the I way mean, there, we, we acted like it. it was like it was already in place. We're like, yeah, well, our other event, we acted like it already existed. <laughs> we already had we already had the name for it, Craftcation. We're like, it'd be great to have Patchwork here, but our other event that we produce, Craftcation, which is you know, we <laughs> right. had like the tagline for it and everything, and just acted like it already existed, That's you know. Awesome. And then and, and then it's like we're on the horn. I can't believe I just said we're on the horn. <laughs> I don't even know what year I think it is. <laughs> anyway, we're on the phone and we weren't even on the phone. We were emailing. This is like, this was in 2000. So anyway, we're emailing our, uh, you know, web girl, we need a website fast. It's called Craftcation. You know, and I'm <laughs> sitting there in the car doing, you know, cause I do all the design stuff. So I'm doing like mock-up designs and stuff in the car. And we're just like, okay, this, this has to go. It has to go now, you know? <laughs> but I think when you have that kind of momentum, that's when you know you're on to something, you know, like, cause I'm sure you're both really creative people, you're businesswomen, and I'm sure other ideas have occurred to you over time. This wasn't your only idea, right? Like other ideas come to you at different times. You probably throw them off each other or just think about them yourselves. And like, you know, you might think about them for a few minutes and it fizzles or you're like, oh, that'd be cool, but not for me. You know, somebody else should do that or whatever. But when you have this back and forth and you're like, okay, we have an idea, we have a brand, we have a name, we have, you know, like we're ready to go. Then, you know, this is the one. Oh yeah. We had 20 workshops already written down by the time we right. the city. We were, it just poured out of us. Right. Absolutely. I've had it, similar experiences with other projects and sort of tried to force them and then been like, oh, I don't think I can do this one. And then another idea comes to you and you're like, but this, this is something I can do right now. And it's like, it just flows. Um, That's such an important point, Abby. Like it's kind of like a litmus test for if you should move forward with something or not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Delilah, like, remember that other idea that we were talking about in Palm Springs? We had this other idea and neither one of us, like, we were like, yeah, this is a really great idea. And we're like, we can do this and this. And then we would just kind of get stuck. Like, we didn't have that same fire. And then it finally got to the point where, you know, one of us said to the other one, I'm not really into this. Like, this needs to be done, but I don't feel it. And then the other one was like, okay. And then it was just like, (laughs) and then it was just done. Yeah. But that's an equally important conversation, whether you have a business partner or you're just working on things on your own at at a certain point to say to yourself or to say to your partner, you're like, I don't think so. Like, and and let's just decide now this isn't the right thing. And we're just not going to keep going because all of all those ideas require a lot of energy. They require time. Sometimes money is already, you know, been put behind it. And at a certain point when you realize, uh, uh, you know, you like backing out is the best thing you can do. Yeah. It's hard and it's scary going to your partner and saying, I mean, I think I'm more scared of that, that stuff than, than Delilah is in some ways. And like with that in particular, I was like, Oh my gosh, okay. When am I going to tell her that I'm not into this idea? (laughs) You know? And then what if, what if she gets mad or what if this? And I'm just like, Hey, I'm not really. And she's like, okay, yeah, that's fine. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, why was I agonizing over this for, you know, all these weeks? Right. Yeah, totally. So, okay, so cool. Um, tell us just a little preview about um, Craftcation this year. Um, I'm excited. I'm going to be coming and teaching. Yay. But um, what can people sort of look forward to for Craftcation in March? One of the things that I'm really excited about, and this is something that you're involved in, Abby, is uh, our podcasting stuff. So we're going to, Abby's going to be doing, sitting on a podcasting panel and then we're also going to have a podcasting booth for people that have podcasts so they can, you know, go in and have a quiet room to, you know, interview other people at Craftcation or other presenters. And then people can actually go in and watch the podcast happening. So kind of, I don't know, making, making it accessible. Cause I still think that there's a lot of people out there that's like, how does a podcast really happen? You know? And then it's also kind of cool because it's like seeing a live radio show. Um, so that's something that I'm, that I'm super excited about. Um, and I'm also really excited. We have a, I mean, including you, Abby, we have a bunch of presenters that are new that just on a personal note, I'm super, super excited to meet, you know, and listen and listen to and sh- have them share their stuff with our audience. Cause I mean, we have some attendees that have come every single year, mm-hmm. you know, so we really do have to, you know, make sure that we're holding on to the things that keep those people coming back but then bring new things in too. Yeah. So, yeah. And I felt like, um, when I was looking at conferences, cause going to a conference or trade show is one of the things that I set on my list of goals for 2015. Um, because I've actually never been to a craft business or craft conference or makers conference of any kind or trade show. So I was like, you know, I'm going to spend 2014. I'll kind of look around and evaluate all the different options out there and then choose the one that I think would work best for me and my business and sort of what I'm most interested in. And craftcation was my number one choice. Because um, I feel like, first of all, I love the mix of being able to um, spend time making things and being creative and learning those new skills. And um, I always find like you have the best conversations with people when you're both sitting at a table 
drawing or, you know, gluing things or whatever. Mm-hmm. I love that. Like, I remember back in high school, remember, like, I'm sure you took art classes in high school, like those conversations you'd have with the other kids at your table. Like, I loved that. Mm-hmm. Did you, do you guys remember that from high school? Yeah. I mean, and it even, it even, well, you read my bio that I'm a workshop instructor. So I've been doing that for 10 years. So my favorite classes to teach are not the sewing classes because people are trying to learn how to use the machine. They're trying to cut perfectly, but I teach these like candle making classes, you know, and really all the people have to do is just pour some melted wax into a thing and then collage their, you know, collage their glass jar. And those ones are so fun because you see people make these connections, Mm -hmm. you know, and just have the most amazing conversations. I mean, I've had one where a group of strangers have been laughing until they fell on the floor, you know, and literally poured wax on the floor by accident. They're knocking over candles they're cracking up. And then other ones where, you know, the conversation turns to something a little more deep, like, I don't know, one lady's mom had passed away. And then the other lady was like, my aunt just passed away. And the next thing you know, they're like sharing their grief and kind of counseling each other. And we're all crying. So it's just, there's something about that doing that, making that doing something with your hands that just, uh, it makes connecting easier. Yeah, absolutely. So that part of it was really appealing to me on a number of levels. And then also because I love, you know, the business side of handmade and this conference offered like real content that, um, you know, by people who really know what they're talking about, the people that I've connected with online for years and years and never had a chance to meet in person, but really admire were all coming. So I felt like that was the ideal combination. So yay, craftation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Thank you for those sweet words. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was just going to say one of the things I was excited about is, um, we tend to do things that are not done at other conferences. And I'm not talking about the craft or the business, but we do a lot of extracurricular stuff. We, we utilize the entire downtown of Ventura. You are out walking around. There's, we rent kitchens at the museum. We rent a kitchen at the fairgrounds. We, you know, utilize restaurants and bars to do workshops. And right now I'm talking to a local tiki bar about um, doing a workshop there where they talk about the history of tiki while sampling cocktails. And, you know, it's just very, very different types of, um, you know, exploration and creativity that's not just in the hotel. Yeah, it's a whole experience. Mm-hmm. I'm so, I'm so excited. Um, yeah, and I haven't been to California since I was 10, so... I'm ready. (laughs) Um, So I feel like the two of you, between you, have like more indie cred than anyone like I've ever met combined because each of you have done and still continue to do like so many different cool things. So I just want to hear a little bit about sort of your own paths, your own separate paths that kind of led to where you are now. So I think, Delilah, we're going to start with you. I was raised by um, a single mother and only child. So I had a lot of time alone. And so I would make <laughs> stuff for me to do, <laughs> you know, I, I, and we didn't have a lot of money. So I remember one of my, um, I don't know if you know this, Nicole, remember this, but I used to take my mom's shoe boxes and that, and I would tie a string through it. And that would be my Barbie mobile. I would drag it around everywhere. Oh my gosh. I don't remember and that. I, and I used, my mom worked at a bank on the weekends and I would play with my cardboard box in my Barbie mobile. And I would take, you know, paper cups from the water cooler. And like, I'd go through all the paper clips and find like the prettiest paper clips. Occasionally I'd find like a big gold one. And I would make 
her little house. I don't know. I guess it was like a mobile home instead of a car. (laughs) This whole design out of like tissue paper, paper clips and whatever. So I was always doing stuff like that to keep myself entertained. And I didn't, we didn't have a lot of money. So I had to be really creative with what I had. Um, and then, uh, I eventually my mom remarried and I lived in Irvine, which if anybody, uh, if you're not familiar with Irvine, it's basically one of the largest master planned communities <laughs> in the nation. And as far as creativity, there was, I hate to say there was very little. I mean, this is an area city that has a lot of homeowners associations where you would get fined for not painting your house, the selected colors that, that are provided for you. Um, I remember getting a ticket because I had a drought resistant front yard and it didn't look the way the other front yards were supposed to look. Um, and I went to high school in Irvine and then I eventually went to a junior college down the street where, um, I studied biology and I, um, downed, uh, I started TAing for some of the biology professors there, and I got really involved in the school politics. And I actually um, was went had a lawsuit um, for uh, with the ACLU as my attorney on First Amendment rights uh, because I was trying to challenge the board and the president, the board of the district, and the president on breaking um, a Brown Act, the Brown Act, which is shared governance, and they were they were breaking this act. So we we won, and. Me and my partner at the time got to um, come up with the regulations for student demonstrations for that for that college district. And after that, I was really I was just fascinated by like um, you know if I want to do something in my community or I want to see something happen, I I just need to go out and do it. And that led me to starting farmers markets and community garden projects, and you know I started a nonprofit and. Then that led to me opening up my own store, which led to, you know, me becoming a master food preserver, which led to me making my own products and teaching classes, which led to a business, which led to me selling my, my products at our shows. And then pretty much I, I realized I had 20 different jobs and I was burning out and just recently decided to pare down my life and only focus on what Nicole and I are doing <laughs> with the occasional, um, uh, wedding business. But so that, it that, sounds like, like <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's amazing. And I, but I feel like the, um, that sort of seed of community organizing and sort of doing what you see as right with the people who live right where you are and making it into something more yeah. than it is now is certainly still present yeah. in what you're doing. Yeah. That's really cool. I love that. Um, and, um, and Nicole, let's let's go back to you. Delilah and I have a lot in common, which I find out more things we have in common every day. Like I didn't know about your Barbie, your Barbie shoebox, <laughs> mobile home, your bo- Barbie shoebox car slash mobile home slash RV slash. <laughs> uh, um, but I was always doing stuff like stuff like that too. I mean, I grew up with a single mother. Uh, my mom remarried when I was twelve, um, but she was together with my stepdad since I was eight, and. He's the most amazing, supportive. And so my mom is very amazing and supportive. Um, my dad is kind of, has kind of like the entrepreneur mind. When I say my dad, I'm talking about my stepdad. He has kind of like entrepreneur mind. He's always reading like Anthony Robbins and, you know, positive thinking and this and that. And my mom is, um, definitely like a little, like more, you know, creative and kind of 
analytical and detail oriented. So, um, I was always making things out of trash too. <laughs> like, you know, the car would break down and we'd be on the side of the road, on the side of the freeway waiting for the tow truck. And I'd be like, Oh, what's this? It's like a piece of broken tail light, a piece of tire. And I'm like picking everything up. And my mom's like, oh, I need an antibacterial wipe immediately. You can't be touching that, you know? And then I would take that stuff home and turn it into a pencil holder, you know, or, or something. So, um, I definitely went through that kind of similar, you know, use what you have because you don't have much, got to keep yourself busy because you're an only child type of thing that, you know, Delilah, that Delilah talked about. Um, and I, you know, I started my first little business selling chocolate out, outside of my dad's barber shop. It was like the melted pour stuff. And I went and got molds at the cake decorating store and it was called sweets from the heart by Nicole. <laughs> and, um, and how my, old were you? Oh, I had to be nine, ten, probably. And I had already had another business before that when I was like seven, which was, um, I had a stationary shop <laughs> and it was, we lived I lived, when it was just my mom and I, we lived in these condos and there was like a little kind of common area and I took a refrigerator box and turned it into my stationary shop and the stationary I sold was like, I don't know, junk mail that I had like collaged onto like, you know. <laughs> an old manila folder that I found in the trash or something and tried to like, yeah. Um, I love this. So, I mean, I, yeah, I was already like making stuff and starting businesses back then. And it's funny because one of my assistant, she's, she has a daughter that's about 10. I think she's nine or 10. And we were having our patchwork Oakland show. She was like, Hey, my, my daughter Bryn is too scared to ask you, but she wants to know if she can have a booth at patchwork show. She's making these scarves that she knits. They're called with her fingers, like finger knitting instead of with needles. And I was like, yeah, for sure. And she's like, well, how much would you charge her? And I'm like, nothing. She's 10, you know, like this is budding entrepreneur. So Bryn set up her booth. She made her own sign and everything. And when I went to check in, you know, cause I'm really nervous, freaking out. Oh my gosh, what if she doesn't sell anything? And I'm part of this horrible experience in this child's life and you know, all this stuff. She sold 15 scars. Oh my goodness. For 11 yeah. scars at like $15 each. And I was like, you did better than some of the like regular vets <laughs> probably, you know, because she was out there being a good, a good little salesperson, you know, talking about her stuff. And I mean, aside from that, her, her scarves were cute. So you know, high school and all. I went to girls Catholic school for high school. I went to college for creative writing, got my bachelor's degree and my master's degree, and then was just a couple months away from getting my, um, like MFA, which is like equivalent to a PhD also in creative writing. And this was just this past May. I took a pause in that and, you know, much like Delilah, you know, got rid of her story took a pause in my random Nicole business and a pause in pretty much everything else I was doing besides patchwork and craftcation and just kind of focused on that for, for a year kind of thought about what, what do I love doing? And that's when I started getting back into illustration and art and design. So tell so, me, so you have this really beautiful, um, uh, business now where you're making, um, illustrations for people. And I, I went on, um, on your site to take a look at them this morning. And I realized that you, um, you made, uh, Carrie Chapin's business cards and her yeah. like little picture of her, which I love so much. And I'd always admired and I didn't know who did them. So now I know it was you. <laughs> oh, I'm glad you like them. I love doing that stuff for her and 
um, her podcast I think is coming out this week. It is. I'm so excited. Um, so tell us what, like, what do you do for show and tell design studio? Like, what is that all about? It's, it's design and illustration. So, um, well, I do all of our patchwork and craftcation posters and postcards and all of that kind of stuff that, that just, that keeps me, keeps me pretty busy. Um, and then on top of that, I mean, it's really just been word of mouth. I haven't done any, I I don't really have time to do it full time. So much like Delilah's, you know, wedding, wedding side, side job, you know, uh, it's just kind of, kind of word of mouth. Cause that's really all we have time for is like maybe one or two projects a month. Like I can take on one or two illustration things a month. Um, and I don't know, like Carrie, Carrie came to me and, you know, she was like, I love your illustration. I'm like, what illustration? She's like, you will do all the patchwork cards and stuff. Right. And I'm like, uh, yeah. And I'm like, Oh, I guess I'm an illustrator. You know, it's like <laughs> once again, that kind of, falls into it. But then also everything's cyclical because I mean, I started out painting, I started out writing. I mean, since I was a little kid, like I always wanted to be a writer, you know, I wrote a book in sixth grade, a book I'm doing finger quotes right now. It was about like a girl and her horse or something, you know, ridiculous like that. But, um, and I always felt like I had to choose. So when I went to college, I chose writing, you know, but then I was always making art in college, like weird sculptural found object, you know, crazy stay up late kind of stuff. And I guess it's just really been in the past like few years that I'm like, I don't have to pick anything. I can be, you know, a writer and I can also be a maker and I can also be an event producer and I can also be an illustrator. And, uh, it's been hard to, you know, kind of to come, come to terms with that and accept it, especially when somebody asks you, what do you do? It's, well, that's, I, I'm, I'm always just stand there dumbfounded. It just happened the other day. And I turned to my husband and I'm like, uh, what do I do? You know? <laughs> and he's like, she's a media mogul. And I'm like, What's a media mogul? and I'm like, I don't think I have any, I don't think my job has anything to do with media. And I, you know? And so then I said, Oh, I'm an event producer. I'm a this, I'm a that, I'm the other. But, um, I know my, when I, if you ask my husband, he'll tell you that I'm an internet micro celebrity, which is so not helpful. <laughs> like, don't tell people that's that. awesome. No, I love that. I love that. <laughs> yeah, he got that from Mimi Kirshner, who also introduces herself as an internet micro celebrity. So I guess there's something to it, but I'm not really sure. It's very descriptive. It's the, it's the new, you know, how it's like people. I don't, I'm not trying to offend anybody, but people were calling themselves storytellers. Oh yeah. You know, maybe that's the new storyteller, the internet micro celebrity, <laughs> right? Totally. You know, the, next, the next conference you go to, cause uh, uh, some conference slide I went to a year ago, everybody was introducing themselves as a storyteller. What do you do? I'm a storyteller. What do you do? I'm a story. I'm like, well, shoot, man, I'm a storyteller too. I just told three stories at dinner and everybody was laughing. So I guess I need to add that to my list too. So I feel like next conference, you're going to walk around and go, oh, I'm an internet micro celebrity. (laughs) Not sure, but maybe. Um, Okay. Awesome. So, um, so if it's okay with you, I'd like to get into our recommendation list because you guys have some really good things and I want to make sure we get to at least a bunch of them. So, um, Nicole, I think we'll start with you and you wanted to talk about um, a book from 99U. I love 99U, and it's called Manage Your Day Today. I've never, I haven't read this book, so what's it about? Um, you should read it. I uh, probably should. Uh, well, it's funny because uh, we've done some um, consulting with Carrie, Carrie Chapin, mm-hmm. and uh, Delilah and I were in Palm Springs. I, I saw this book you know, in the house. And I was like, whose book is this? I was like, Oh, it's mine. I haven't opened it up yet. And I looked at it and I was like, 
Uh, and I immediately went on Amazon and ordered the book so that when I came home, it was there waiting, waiting at home for me. Read it, told Delilah, dude, you have to read this book that, <laughs> this book that you have. I've already, I've already bought it, read it, everything. And so then we were in Portland last month, and, you know, you know, Carrie, and I'm like, Carrie, I've got this great book that you need to read. And it was that book. And she was like, yeah, I recommended that book to you. <laughs> so it came full circle. But I think that that it's also important to see how much, you know, especially with books, you know, Carrie recommended it. Delilah bought it. I saw that Delilah had it. I bought it. That's already three books that sold just from, you know, one sense of somebody being like, you should read this. Yeah. You know, just the, the power, the power, especially in our, you know, DIY creative business community of a recommendation. But anyway, this book is, this book is great. I don't even know how to talk about it, but each little like chapterette is by, is by somebody else. And they kind of address, um, the process of working. So, you know, somebody might talk about, you know, figure out the time, the time of day that you work best, but there are also kind of like stories from these people's businesses and lives in there too. Um, and it really is, it's about the process of working and how to, how to be more efficient. I'm, I'm with any kind of art, whether it's business or painting or whatever, I'm always most fascinated by the process, you know, so, you know, like how, how and why and where and when, we do what we do. And that's what this book is about. It's kind of like bird by bird by bird by Anne Lamott for writers, but it's like for business or something. So that sounds terrific. I'm going to add it to my wish list. Um, cause I love, uh, I love all of that. I love the process and I love thinking about the way that we work and approach, um, getting our to-do list accomplished. And, um, I think it's something that a lot of people struggle with, um, especially, I don't know. I, I often feel like sometimes when you go, I, I think for some reason today I'm talking about going down the wrong road, but I feel like sometimes when <laughs> I'm being creative and I'm working on something and it sort of isn't working for whatever reason. And, um, you know, I spent the whole morning trying to draft a new sewing pattern for something and the shape just, it was not going to go. And I didn't like it. I had to end up throwing the whole thing away that you can sort of feel like it was a waste of time, you know, like that whole process mm-hmm. was a waste of time. But I always have to sit with myself and be like, that wasn't a waste of time. That was a learning experience. And I can apply all of what I just realized from trying to do it this way to my next thing. And often that real frustration and like the agony of having to throw it all away leads to the next great thing. I often find that there's like this downhill and then there's this, this swift uphill, like the next thing is awesome. Um, so anyway, that whole process I'm fascinated by. So this sounds like a good book. Um, okay, Delilah, we're moving on to you. So this is, um, an app called hours keeper. So how does this work? I've never seen this app before. Nicole actually is the one who told me about this, but it's, it's a, a, our, uh, job manager. So, you know, we, I have a cup, you know, I'm working on several different projects and it just tells me how much time I'm spent doing these projects. So for example, if I'm working on a wedding, um, I'll log in my hours on my phone and I know exactly how much to bill my client. So it just helps me keep track of multiple jobs that I'm doing. Okay. It's like a time clock. Yeah. Time clock. Yeah. I I was trying to think like, think what it was called. Okay. So this would be helpful not only for people who are billing by the hour, which Mm -hmm. of course that's an obvious fit, but also if you're just interested in evaluating how you're spending your time during the day. 
Yeah. You could no, use it. Yep. For that too, which would be good. Um, I saw something and I don't actually remember what it was now, but it was, um, an app you can get on your phone that will tell you, um, sort of records how many times you turn your phone on and how much time you spend on your phone during the day. And it will like give you a report. Like it kind of just tracks it. And I was, I'm like, I can't get that. Cause I'm, yeah. <laughs> I, you notice I blacked out completely what it was because I just, it was like, no, I don't want to know because seriously, I mean, that would just be too many hours for me, but, um, but, uh, that's a good one too. So I wanted to recommend a book. Um, I just got this book. I was at Barnes and Noble. My husband and I often go to Barnes and Noble on date night, um, because we don't get to spend time in a bookstore looking at the books we actually want to look at on our own, unless we're there without children. So that's what we do. And, um, I bought this book. It's called the ultimate sock puppet book and it's by tiger candle and Heather Schloss. So this is, um, a book by a couple who have made and sold really adorable sock puppets on Etsy for years. I know because I bought some as a Christmas gift for a friend, like, uh, I don't know, four years ago, five years ago. So when I saw the same puppets on the cover of the book, I was like, Oh, Hey, look, they wrote a book now. Cause they were adorable then. Um, and so I, I like puppets. I make toys. I've not really made very many puppets. I've made a design, maybe a few. None of them have been sock puppets. Um, I guess I didn't really get how to make a sock puppet, something other than just like a sock on your hand. Um, but they totally do get that. And this is an awesome book. I love it. Um, I'm going to write a full review on my, um, on my blog coming up soon, but it's similar to my book stuffed animals in that it isn't a project book as much as it is a techniques book. So there's a chapter on beaks and it shows you all different ways to make beaks for a bird. If you want to make a bird, there's a chapter on horns. There's a chapter on noses. Um, and it starts out with the most basic thing, like how to make the mouth. And these have, these sock puppets have a real mouth so that you can make it really talk. It's not just like a, a sock that's over your, your hand, over your fingers. Mm-hmm. It's actually like a real mouth where you can put your thumb underneath and make it actually talk. And they tie-dye their socks. So if they're making a giraffe, the sock is tie-dyed itself, which gives it that kind of giraffe skin look. Um, and they have some seriously good techniques in here. I love this book. And um, it, the it does have templates at the back for you to use to make, like, tails and, you know, duck bills and elephant trunks and that kind of thing. And then there's, like, an inspiration section where they have some pictures of different really cool puppets they've made, but there aren't any real projects. It's just sort of you take these techniques and apply them to your own designs, which I think is fantastic. So um, I really highly recommend it. It's the ultimate sock puppet book. It's not necessarily for kids, although you could do it with an older kid, but it's for people who really want to make puppets. So <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> I'm into it. Now I want to make a puppet. Yeah, yeah <laughs> totally. Oh gosh. I hope I get to meet them sometime because they're awesome. They really, they're really cool. They should come to Craftcation. Yeah, they yeah. should. Craftcation 2016. We'll have to, we'll this have to reach out to them. This would be a great project to make because um, they give you options to both hot glue and sew. 
And I love that they are so comfortable with like hot glue. Just, you know what? You can hot glue all of this together and you don't have to sew any of it. And I also love that they're really comfortable with craft foam. Like I feel like these are things that are really shunned when it comes to like real sewing. You know, we don't hot glue anything and we definitely don't use craft foam for anything. Mm -hmm. But they're like, yeah, take some craft foam pieces and cut them out in circles and they're going to be great, you know, for eyes or whatever. And they really are. Like if you use it right, it looks awesome. So um, it's truly like a craft book. It's not just a sewing book. And um, I kind of love it for that too. So they should totally come to Craftcation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, All right, Nicole, we're back up to you. Um, You wanted to talk about Little Atsu's Weekly Planner. What? Oh. Was that on your list too? It's on both of your yes. lists. Yes. <laughs> um, Great minds think alike. <laughs> I I don't know how Delilah and I started with this, but originally we got the Jill Bliss planners, mm-hmm. um, which is basically the same format, but just Jill's artwork instead of Little Otsu. And but then Jill stopped making them, so we both kind of freaked out and had to find a replacement, and ended up finding <laughs> this Little Otsu one. Um, and when I pull it out places, and I'm sure this happens to you, Delilah, people are like, uh, you're so analog. You have an actual day planner. Like, why don't you just use your phone? And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, you do things your way. This is how I want to do them. And I'm not, le- I'm not, I'm not letting go. I mean, I still use things like Evernote and stuff, but for my week, I need to have it laid out in this way. Um, and I know Delilah, I mean, Delilah and I are obsessed with these, with these, with this format of calendars. So what does it look like on the inside that you like so much? Well, you can see a whole week at once. It's dateless. Yeah, it's dateless. Dateless, which means that when you open a new week, there's no month and no date labeled there. You have to put it in. Yeah. So, I mean, you could literally buy five of them there, you know, and then just, save them forever until you can start using it in 2020 or whatever, you know, you don't have to worry about, you know, Oh, I need to buy a calendar and it's March. You know, you just start it whenever you start it. And there's also in the front, there's a, um, like a quick, a quick look at the month where you can just be looking at one page and see the whole month. Um, I don't know. The setup of it is just, there's nothing I could possibly want in a calendar that this doesn't offer. And Delilah, with your thoughts? There's little portions on the calendar that are blanks you can write notes to. Oh, that's nice. Regardless of, you know, write, writing notes for the day. There's just like little portions. But everything yeah. that Nicole said, it's awesome. I love it. Okay, good to know. Um, I am sort of in, in transition between having a paper calendar and having a digital calendar. And I, I guess I haven't really settled on which one. I think I'm trying to go digital but I don't know if it's really working for me. I do really, really like to have it on paper too. So I think I might go back. I don't know. <laughs> I'm in flux. It's um, hard. It I, is I've hard. Tried out. It's pretty. It's pretty great. Yeah, I do like it. I like to be able to write in pencil and erase and move stuff around. I don't know. It helps me. Um, we also use Google Calendar too. I mean, just yeah. just so you know, like. Uh, we, I have to have a combination between digital and analog. So, you know, it, I don't know. Yeah. I know what you mean about the transition. I think it's possibly because I grew up at a time when I always took notes on paper, 
you know, mm-hmm. like that was, you know, I'm, I'm going to be 40 this spring. So, you know, I went to, to school in you know, the eighties and nineties. And so we always wrote on paper, you know, and I guess I just, that's the way I taught myself how to learn. And so I can't break that habit, you know, like when I want to compose a blog post, that's like composing an essay. And I did those on the computer, but when I, so I don't like write those out on, you know, in longhand and then type them up, um, which I think people a generation before me did, um, and still probably still do because that's the way that they, you know, sort of taught themselves how to learn. But, um, yeah, those habits are very hard to break. So, um, I think my kids will do everything on the computer with ease, but I'm not really sure I'm there. So, um, all right, we have time for one more and, um, Delilah, we're going to do one of yours. I'm looking through here to see which one we should do, but, um, I think we're going to do a really businessy one, which is fast scanner. Yeah. It's a, it's a scanning app that, um, you, you basically can take a picture of a document and it turns it into a, a scan. So a lot of my job is dealing with food vendors and permitting for them and permits for our events and just filing paperwork and sending it to the proper, you know, departments. Um, and this app has just made it so much easier. It's fast. Um, if you're, if you have a small food business and you're doing events, this is a lifesaver. It's, it just makes things so much easier. And I noticed that a lot of our food vendors, uh, don't even know about this and it's really, Every season I get so many thank yous for for showing them this app because it's really, it's just really helped make things fast and simple for them. Okay. So you take a picture with the camera on your phone and then the picture is a scan that, is that like a PDF? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's a JPEG. I I, I can't remember. I think it turns into a JPEG. I, I think you can, yeah. And you can either text it or email it. So usually what I do is I just email it to myself. You're on this app. It's free. You're allowed three scans, but you just keep deleting whatever, you know, you've already sent to yourself. So you can just use it, you know, endlessly. Just, you can only do three at a time. Got it. Okay, cool. Yeah. That does sound to be, it sounds like it would be useful, especially if you're sort of out and on the move and, um, just need to get things done more quickly without having to go back to an office. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool. Um, all right. So I think that was our, the last of our recommendations. Um, so, uh, Delilah and Nicole, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the Walshy Naps podcast. It's been really great talking with both of you. Thank you, Abby. It's been awesome talking to you again. Yay. <laughs> Thanks, Abby. Thank you. So, um, Nicole, where can we connect with you and with Craftcation online? Um, DearHandmadeLife.com will connect you to Patchwork and Craftcation and our blog. And then for my illustration, it's showandtelldesignstudio.com. Okay, perfect. And Delilah, where can we find you? Um, you can find me uh, at Dear Handmade Life uh, or Delilah at Dear Handmade Life to, okay. if you want to email me. Um, people can still register for Craftcation, oh, is yeah. that right? Yeah, they, um, registration is um, Yep, tickets are open. available. Yeah, we usually end registration around around February. Um, the hotel is just about sold out. So if you're on the fence about coming or if you know you're going to come and you're just like waiting for the perfect moment to register, I would um, at least at least book your book your hotel as soon as possible. Okay, good to know. And what are the dates of the show? 26th through 29th of March, 2015. All right. 
Super. And I'll see you there if you come. So <laughs> it'd be great to connect with some listeners and blog readers. And I'm just super excited about it. So thank you so much for organizing it. Um, all right. So you've been listening to the Walsh Naps podcast. I'm Abby Glassenberg, and I invite you to visit my blog, WalshyNaps.com, where you'll find helpful information for creative entrepreneurs, as well as tutorials and patterns for making stuffed animals and dolls. And if you enjoy the show, tell a friend about it. Thank you so much, and I'll see you next time.